Usually when you hear about consultancies in the marketing and advertising space these days, it's in the context of them luring talent away from agencies or making full-blown acquisitions. But last year, when Mediacom was looking to hire a new chief client officer, it went right into the lion's den. In hiring Bhavna Smith, a six-and-a-half-year Accenture vet, the WPP Media Network is seeking to burnish its digital transformation capabilities. I'm Brian Breaker, editor of AdAge, also seeking to burnish our digital transformation capabilities. You are listening to AdLib, a case in point. In this episode of the podcast, Bhavna, who has had agency experience before going to the consultancy side, walks us through what she learned in her time at Accenture and why she was keen to come back to an agency. We discuss what digital transformation means in the first place. We get into the in-housing trend and we explore what her client's biggest pain points are. She also shares her perspective on Accenture's acquisition of a little-known creative agency called Droga5. But first, a quick thanks to our sponsor, Quad. Quad helps brands do more with less in an increasing complex marketplace. From a foundation in print, Quad has built a full range of strategic and creative services. You can check out the new Quad at quad.com. In the meantime, stick around and listen to our interview with Bhavna Smith. Uh, do keep in mind that we had some minor technical difficulties this week, so the recording quality is not quite 100%, but it's content is all there. Bhavna Smith, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Brian. Uh, you are the chief client officer at Mediacom. Yes, I am. You came on board at the sort of in the fall of last year after you had agency experience in your past, but then you went to Accenture for six years, six and a half years? Yeah, six and a half years. Uh, and then you returned to the, the agency world. Um, what sort of prompted that return? Why'd you, why'd you come back? So it was really the role at Mediacom mm -hmm. that prompted me to come back. You know, I was actually had left the media marketing industry and had gotten a digital transformation role at Accenture mm -hmm. and Group M called and I realized this was my opportunity to capitalize on everything that I've learned, um, not just on the agency side before, but also at Accenture and consulting and actually come back to um, essentially fix what I felt is you know kind of broken i think between client and agency relationships mm -hmm. i think everything that we read about you know it's trust and transparency and you know all of those client pain points which i learned about you know firsthand sitting with clients and and kind of really being the referee in between clients and agencies and seeing what's happening and what can be done to fix it mm -hmm. and realizing that this is an opportunity for me to actually be part of the solution did they come to you or were you like a couple years in Accenture and you realized, okay, I can take, I'd be more, I'd, I'd be useful on the agency side with this experience? No, they came to me. Yeah. What are the sort of major differences that you've picked up on working uh, Accenture versus an agency? You know, what did you take from your experience at Accenture that, that, sort of helps your role at Mediacom? So there were two sides to my Accenture kind of learning experience. Mm -hmm. One was from the work that we did uh, on consulting and media management, and that was things like, you know, media benchmarking and auditing and agency pitch management and, and just true consulting work for a lot of marketers and understanding what clients really care about. Yes, they care about the details. They care about their pod position because it indicates to them how closely, you know, their agencies are paying attention to the work in their business. Mm -hmm. So kind of learning from the work itself, what matters to clients and what some of their pain points are. On the other side, what I learned was how 
you know, you run a profitable business or profitable client engagement. So, you know, taking those two things in combination, really applying those to my role at Mediacom. So what are the, the common pain points that you're, that you're hearing from your clients? What, what, are, what are the trends that tend to come up when you're brought into consult with them essentially. So there's really, from my experience at Accenture, I learned that there are five reasons that clients pitch the business. Mm -hmm. And any one of these can be dialed up or down depending on the client. One is leadership. Mm -hmm. Second is innovation. Third is, you know, kind of digital integration or lack thereof. There's also the quality of the work. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that was just four. But um, I think those are really the the, the, me, the main ones. Mm -hmm. In in your your role at Accenture, you were you you've already said the word digital transformation is a big big buzzword that we're hearing a lot. Uh, um, it's very broad. Yeah, it, it can mean a lot of things. It, so what, how what does it mean to you then? Like so because we hear a lot about consultancies getting into the agency space, and we talked about we've talked here about agencies getting more into the consulting mm -hmm. business. The guest last week was uh, Rashad Tabakawala at, at mm -hmm. Publicis, who, who was very openly talking about their consulting um, uh, muscles, basically that they've been building. Um, so bringing it back to you, then what? Um, I guess, what, what does it mean to you, business transformation? So digital transformation to me, and having done that role for a very short amount of time, is really how do you help companies basically utilize digital to change how they do business inside, internally, whether it could be operations, like back office functions, all the way down to how they have um, different kind of digital experiences with the consumer at point of purchase. Mm -hmm. So it could be things within the store, um, how, you know, the virtual type of mirror dressing rooms, that's part of a digital transformation, whether you have an app, whether you have a different way to check out, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and even all the way to any like some SAB pay SAP based system, you know, that kind of changes how you do finance and HR management and which is not what you think of when you think of a media agency. No, well, that was at Accenture. Right, right. So that's what digital transformation means to me is mm -hmm. how do you kind of digitize um, your end to end kind of how you how you operate mm -hmm. um, for agencies. I think it, it can and does mean something different because that's not naturally part of their world is creating digital customer facing experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, but I think that's really where agencies are trying to go. And I don't see any reason why. They shouldn't because anything you can, you know, do to enhance the customer experience is part of, you know, better marketing. Mm -hmm. and, and you were at uh, Accenture. Well, actually, you were already gone when they acquired Droga 5. Yes. What, what's your take on that? I think it's uh, so I actually worked with Droga um, on that census pitch. Mm -hmm. I think it was referenced when I was at Accenture. I was part of the pitch team that um pursue the census, the 2020 contract. And, you know, Droga was their creative partner. They were great to work with, great people. And so I wasn't surprised by the news because that relationship with between Accenture and Droga started at that time. Mm -hmm. And I'm surprised that they actually did acquire them because, you know, they've been acquiring so far very small creative shops outside of the U.S. So it makes sense that they've done that, though, um, here. And I think it's interesting, you know, it really kind of starts to bring creative chops to Accenture in the U.S., which is the biggest market. And is that, uh, how, you know, being familiar with both 
Accenture and Droga 5. Is that how it is going to play out? Or are you going to do, do you worry that maybe there might be a talent flight or, you know, they bought the name, but will they retain those creative chops, as you say? I think that could be true of any acquisition. Mm -hmm. So with any acquisition that happens. So you've got top talent that may decide to leave, depending if they're happy or not happy with the new role that they have. Mm -hmm. um, or it could be a good time for them to move and, and, and go do something else now that they've kind of big part of a bigger company. So, you know, I don't know. Um, but I know that, you know, with Accenture is really good at acquisitions and how or what they choose to do with Droga and their acquisition is is yet to be seen. Yeah, let's uh, definitely watch watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what are the things that Accenture is doing right that you think Mediacom or even uh, WPP can learn from? I think those are um, two still to me fairly different worlds. Yep. So I think um, where you know, both have great client relationships. So I think, you know, there's certainly positives um, for either side. So I know from my experience at Accenture, what was positive and kind of very more project-based work and engagements and relatively short term, mm -hmm. um, but they have really good relationships with, with clients. And I think on the Mediacom side, I think that's true as well. You know, great client relationships and, you know, you go into engagements, um, hoping that you're in it for the long haul, mm -hmm. that they're not engagements they're not short term, that you're really invested into these relationships from, you know, from the pitch process. Mm -hmm. um, last year, there were um, a ton of media reviews. Um, it was almost like a, you know, mini media palooza. Yes. Uh, things have slowed down. Seems like what do you expect it to pick up again? What do you, what's the what does it feel like out there? So it's actually pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We were uh, talking about this today internally that maybe they've all gone through their rounds of mm -hmm. pitches in the last two or three years. And if clients are, you know, signing three-year contracts, then we're kind of in the middle of that right now. Mm -hmm. And I would hope that we're not seeing the return of Pitchapalooza because, you know, there's only so many times that I would encourage, you know, this, whether it's my Mediacom or my consulting hat on to encourage clients to change agencies every two to three years. Mm -hmm. It's not good business for either side. It's disruptive. It's disruptive. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's a full-time job to run a pitch, takes six months to transition mm -hmm. and takes, you know, six months or another year for the new agency to kind of hit their kind of stride mm -hmm. and you've lost two years. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing more integrated reviews as opposed to strictly media? Um, not more. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, again, we're still kind of dealing with more media only reviews, but we do have quite a few clients where we have integrated relationships with WPP. But, you know, quite honestly, as chief client officer, and my goal is to really make sure our current clients are are happy mm -hmm. with us and we're integrated with whatever creative agency partners they have. Mm -hmm. So you're not uh, you're not the new business person, right? So you're, no. you're not out, out there. I'm the retention you're, person. The re <laughs> it's important. It's important. Uh, what percentage of your time would you say is focused on digital versus non-digital? It's all, I mean, it's, all it's, it's all the same. Yeah. Because uh, I think group, we are guys at the data center in, here in uh, that age, you know, say that by group M zone measure, the internet will account for about 42% of worldwide media spending, which makes the internet the, the biggest medium, but it's mm -hmm. still less than half the pie. What's the case for, is there a case for spending more time talking about that other 58% of the pie that is not digital? This is pie, spend pie? Yeah. I think it's just a function of the cost. So mm -hmm. if 42% of the spend is going to digital, 
I don't think it necessarily means that the bad thing. It's just a function of the cost. TV pricing is really high. It's mm -hmm. expensive. It just costs more money. Mm -hmm. So, but I think from a day-to-day -day kind of where I focus my time, it's on clients and it's on our teams. And regardless of whether they're 100% digital or, you know, 20% digital or no digital, mm -hmm. I think it kind of spans across the board. So you said TV. Um, we just finished the upfronts. Uh, anything particularly surprise you or, or intrigue you coming out of that? No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, what of TV or are you, you know... Well, actually, what do you watch? What do you? What, what's your own? You're in, in, in the media space. Do you? Are you over media or? I am definitely <laughs> under media. You know, there's that life bell curve that they show you, or like the happiness curve. I'm at that bottom point right. <laughs> where it's there is just time for work and uh, child, uh -huh. and there is very little time for um, for anything else. Yeah. And I honestly, I think I'm one of those people who has a TV on, but I'm on my phone mm -hmm. and I'm watching, you know, I'm on Instagram or I'm on Twitter or I'm kind of, you know, kind of multitasking. Mm -hmm. So if I do have the TV on, it is usually on news mm -hmm. or some rerun of like big bang theory. Cause it's on all the time. <laughs> so can't, you kind of get used to it. Can't escape it. You can't escape it. Uh, how, how do you guys, um, work with your creative, sorry, your clients, creative partners, um, and how have those relationships have involved. I've heard uh, that with the emergence of data, media agencies and creative agencies are working more in tandem on campaigns or working closer together than they did in the past. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, it's interesting because it may sound biased given my, my background as a media person, but we still have quite a few clients where we are still kind of the media agency and the creative agency is the partner. And, you know, if we're not thinking collectively as a media first approach, I think we're behind. Mm -hmm. And when I say media first approach, like if your media person isn't telling the creative person like, hey, if you're not thinking of a mobile first content strategy, like don't bother coming to work. Mm -hmm. Because if we're not thinking along the lines of, it's not just about mobile, but how you, how our consumers are consuming content and where they're consuming that content mm -hmm. um, and what we should be building for rather than the typical old school approach of creative agency has a, has, a, has the big brand strategy and the creative platform and they're developing creative mm -hmm. and then everyone's working in parallel paths or it's, it's not the, it's like the baton passing. Mm -hmm from creative to media. I really do think that if if clients aren't briefing their creative and media partners at the same time, or frankly, making sure that creative is getting also briefed by what's important to the consumer and what platforms are, you know, they're consuming from the media agencies, I think that's mm -hmm. a little bit short-sighted. Mm -hmm. What um, what sort of media consumption trends are you seeing or are interested in out there? Consumption trends. <laughs> I haven't seen anything new different. No, I yeah. haven't seen anything new yeah. to be quite honest. Um, well then talk about Am I missing something. No, I don't okay. absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Question may have made no sense anyway. So there you go. Uh, you, um, uh, we, before we turned on the mic to you mentioned in housing, you, you talk a lot about, uh, in housing, I, I think, um, you help clients sort of determine where they should in-house part or all of their media. What are the things that you talk to brands about when they're 
when they're bringing up in housing? I would say I would first ask them, like, what is a business reason for doing so? Mm-hmm. Like, what's a business case? Are you doing it because you feel you can do a better job relative compared to your agency partners? Do you feel like there is some limitation that you have that you cannot get over, mm-hmm. um, that you cannot share with the agency? So I think the first question is, what's the reason for doing so? And if it's a business reason, absolutely, you know, we'll support it, we'll help you transition. There's plenty right. of work to go around. Yeah. So it's it's not go doesn't go counter to your interest to help them in house. No, I think my interest is the client's interest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what is, you know, what makes sense for the client Mm -hmm. is really, I think, what we're there to support, you know, and we, we can adapt. Mm -hmm. So if they decide to go in house and, you know, take something internally, absolutely. How do we make sure that we still stay, you know, integrated and make sure that we're not kind of creating more silos? Mm -hmm. Because that is something that I'm sure you've heard about and we've been hearing about for years is, you know, there's too many silos mm-hmm. on the client side, on the agency side, on the partner side, uh, on the media company side. So how do we make sure we're not creating more silos? So in working with clients on their in-house teams, which we see as just you know another agency that we would have to collaborate and integrate with. Mm-hmm. But I think the success of the in-house teams is I've heard clients talk about this at, you know, forums is their in-house teams are working really well. And, you know, you, when you look at why, you know, you think, well, there's really two to three reasons. One, they're hiring um, people to fit within their corporate culture. Mm-hmm. Secondly, so they're finding the right people and, you know, and people who fit the mold of, of, of that company. Which is no, no easy feat. In the, no, in no the, easy feat. In the talent crunched Yeah, world, absolutely. Right? Um, secondly, these folks are going to be 100% fully dedicated on that piece of business. Mm-hmm. And um, third, they're sharing anything and everything with that person because they're now a an employee of that company. Mm-hmm. So there is, there aren't any of those barriers that exist for that in-house team that exists for the agency. So now when you look at why in-housing is successful, if, if those are the three main reasons, mm-hmm. those are all three things that we can do even on the agency side. Mm-hmm. You know, we can and we have been, you know, getting more involved in understanding the client's corporate culture and making sure that when we hire, it's not just based on experience. Oh, you've got CPG experience. Great. Come work on this client. It's how do we make sure that we're matching that same corporate culture? Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, if 100% dedication is going to make it successful, well, you got to pay for that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't then we can't say on the agency side, half an FTE is is perfectly fine because, you know, we need to keep our fees down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third, it's, you know, share the data that you would share with uh, as if someone was sitting right next to, you know, ne- you know, on the table right next to you. What do, what do clients typically or, or brands or whatever typically get wrong about uh, in-housing or what's the common misconception? That it works because um, of those things, which are things that we can also do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard clients get up and talk about, you know, hey, it's been working great because and I and kind of like I'm thinking why. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, these people are sitting and they're thinking about your business day in and day out. Right. So you're willing to pay for a full time employee inside, but you're not willing to pay for the full time employees on the agency side. Right. Um, so I think it's a little bit of those are all things that we can overcome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, like they still 
don't get that broad cross category, cross industry view um, that you would get the benefit of if you had an agency or had an external partner. Which uh, I guess one of the risks there is is you get your blinders on. You, yeah. you don't have enough exposure to the you know, rest of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, you could have that anywhere, right. right? You could even have that on the agency side, but there's forced training that you have to take and you're evaluated against industry knowledge and expertise. And uh, it is making sure that whether you're on the client side or on the agency side, that you're always up to date on current trends and happenings. And, and But I think there is that rotation that happens on the agency side that, you know, client side, there's obvious, obvious limitations that you can go from a tech company account to a packaged goods, to a retail, to a travel. And you do get those cross, you know, industry learnings, which is really good for your own career growth. Mm -hmm, for sure. What, um, well, speaking of growth, what, what are your clients' main sort of barriers to growth? Um, main barriers to growth. Hmm. That's a big question. <laughs> so I think for our clients are challenged in growth period. Right. So we have more clients today than I can remember from my past agency experience of our business is not growing. Mm -hmm. How can we use marketing media spend as a tool for growth rather than seeing it as a cost. Mm -hmm. So I think, which is great because they're, they're hoping that it's now an investment rather than a, a kind of a cost that gets cut and slashed, you know, next time that their CFO calls. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for, I would say probably like just, I hate to use the word, but just like data and just mm -hmm. better understanding of data and how to apply it and use it to their advantage. And rather than have this kind of analysis paralysis that I think everyone is under right now. Why do you say, yeah, why did you say you hate to use the word data? Because oh, everyone just uses the word data. <laughs> <laughs> but there is just so much data, whether it's coming from sales data or customer behavioral data right. or purchase data and digital website traffic data. I mean, there's data everywhere. Right. Like how do you really identify the, the three things that you really need rather need versus have mm -hmm. um, to figure out what's going to get you that growth. How, how do you? I think it's having more kind of data audience strategists right. um, and which is, you know, and, and just having analytics as a core competency, mm -hmm. uh, which we've really done on at Mediacom mm -hmm. is not just say we do planning and buying and analytics if you need it. Mm -hmm. I think it's really kind of more analytics as a, as a core. How big is that team uh, and really especially compared to other teams within Mediacom? Um, it's still a smaller team mm -hmm. um, because I think there's a lot of shared learnings that we can do and, and apply across clients, I would say, I want to say it's 50 to 80, mm -hmm. 80 to 100, something along mm -hmm. those lines. So it's relatively kind of, it's, it's a good sized team, mm -hmm. but absolutely one that we can and should grow. Um, how, talk about trust and transparency, tough, tough time for media agencies. <laughs> um, how do you combat uh, the, the problems of trust? I think you have to instill the confidence with clients that that you're making decisions that are best for them. Mm -hmm. And you just have to be very open and honest about it. And if you're, you know, every decision is, listen, I, you don't have to do this with me. 
that you're not selling to them constantly, that you're helping them solve their problems. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to be very um, open and honest about it. And I think clients, as, as anyone, would just see right through that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we do have to get turned things around. And I think that's part of my mission is make sure that clients feel that we're we're in it for them. Mm -hmm. You know, we're making decisions that are best for them and not and not for us. But I think they also have to recognize that we are also a business and we do need to make money because mm -hmm. the more money we make, we can invest back into our people and our tools and systems. Yep. And but it's really But you have to be transparent then. But about we have to be transparent where our money about goes yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, and that transparency goes both ways. Mm -hmm. So trust is uh, something that is a big thing that we need it to get back. It goes both ways. So do you, do, you, uh, do you have trust issues with your own clients? No, I'm just saying in terms of transparency. Right, right. So if, you know, we're open and sharing everything that you want us to share, absolutely we should. This is your money. We're spending it on your behalf. Then you have to be open with any, anything, you know, data related. Mm -hmm. That, you know, we're able to get access to your data and it's not... Um, prohibited from from you know anyone using it or seeing it mm. what um uh what is the the thing about the media space that or the media agency business that that you want people to know that they that they may not sort of get about the media agency space yeah hmm, let me think about this i think at this point especially where we are today Media agencies should be leading the conversations. Mm -hmm. They really should. Why? As I said earlier, mm -hmm. if you don't know what you're, where you're going to say it and who you're going to say it to, mm -hmm. then what are you creating for? Mm -hmm. Which is more challenging than ever before in a completely fragmented right. landscape. Everything is data and analytics led. You mm -hmm. know, you talk about data, data driven planning. It's not just planning, but it's also data-driven creative. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that clients are also struggling with is all of this personalization that they need to do mm -hmm. because they can do it. And who actually executes it? It's media agencies. Mm -hmm. So if we have the tools to do that personalization at, at scale, scale. Buzzword bingo. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Um, then then how do you know what to what creative needs to be developed? Right. Yeah. Can you give a, a, an example in the real world uh, of this sort of data coming together, personalization at scale for one of your clients? Um, not sure I can say for a specific client, but I think we do have a actual content practice. Uh -huh. So MediCom Beyond Advertising, where we have a team of creatives. We actually just hired our first chief creative officer. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, so he started back in November or December, mm -hmm. and but we've had this practice for a long time at Mediacom. It's global, and we, you know, we're there to make sure that you are feed ready. Mm -hmm. So if we're seeing things that you know require kind of quick creative adaptation um, to the situation, and hey, if your creative agency is too busy or if you can't do it, we certainly can develop content on the fly mm -hmm. to to adjust to that. Cool. Um, how did you get into the business in the first place? What 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 brought you here? Media 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 more advertising brought. So I started with Angela Bauer on Who's the Boss. Really? <laughs> yeah, I really did. <laughs> awesome. Um, Angela. Angela, yeah, yeah. and um, 
my my quest for a male nanny has escaped <laughs> me though. But um, so a friend of mine said you'd be really good in advertising. I was like, you know what? I think that sounds like fun, and that was what I wanted to do since high school. Huh? I started as a media intern at the Media Edge when hmm. it was still part of NWAR. It was a dis- decision between a paid media internship and an unpaid PR internship, and the girl's got to make some money. That's so right. I took the me um, took the took the media, and I've never left. Where'd you Where'd you grow up? Uh, Queens. Queens. Okay, you're local. I am local. <laughs> <laughs> any uh, before we go, any restaurant tips? Um, yes, in Queens. Yeah. Cabana. Okay. I don't know. Great Cuban cuisine. It's fantastic. Some of the best mojitos and uh, skirt steak that you'll have anywhere. I'm I'm going this weekend. Great. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for bearing with us today. Thank you, especially to Bhavna Smith. She's the chief client officer at Mediacom, a WPP network. Uh, I am Brian Breaker, editor of AdAge, a Crane publication, and you have been listening to AdLib, produced this week by Max Sternlicht. Sound quality was not his fault, folks. He has also been duly punished. Don't worry. Um, I want to thank our sponsor one last time. Did you know the phrase integrated marketing turns up 683 million search results? but nobody can agree on what it means. Quad, formerly Quad Graphics, helps brands reduce complexity and deliver truly integrated marketing. You can find out more at quad.com. You can check us out at adage.com. Subscribe to us at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, wherever there are good podcasts, you know the drill. Just be sure to give us lots of stars, tell a friend, and come back next week.